What up though? It's your girl Tamara Dawn and welcome to Tamara Till the Break of Dawn. Now first things first, I want to thank y'all for hopping on my train of thought today because you literally could be doing anything else right now so I appreciate you tuning in. And before I get too far off into this intro, I definitely want to give a special shout out to my podcast fam. So make sure y'all actually check out them podcast suggestions in the episode note. Last but not least, want to give a special shout out to Sniper T for this beat. And all his information can be found in the episode notes as well. So now that we got all that out the way, let's get it. Thank you so much for this opportunity. This is Shamanica Slaughter, and my podcast is called My Journey Within. I would tell my younger self to forgive, let go, and be free. All my life, I used to hold myself down with the things I've done and what other people would do. That is what I would tell my younger self. You have to forgive. And when you forgive, it's not for them, it's for you. So you can walk into that next season that God has for you. You can let go of all the baggage and all the weight and all the drama that came with it. So you can be free because God has something better for you on the other side. This is your girl, Shamanica, and my podcast is The Journey Within. Thank you so much for this. Good. This is Liz 100, one half of the Hood Genesis podcast, and my reply to your question that you tweeted out, what could I say to my younger self, and that will be, leave the ass off alone and stop chasing women, I was chasing women at a young age, and I lost a lot of focus, you know what I'm saying, I lost a lot of focus. I should have remained focused on my goals, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and focus more on school. But yeah, chasing women, you know, dangerous, dangerous thing, you know what I'm saying? So, shout out to everybody. Hey, y'all, hey, what up, though? So I definitely wanted to go ahead and include those two clips in today's episode because I asked for the feedback. I appreciated them calling and leaving me the audio message. So I definitely wanted to put them on the show. I know you may or may not have seen um, when I had tweeted and posted on Facebook asking, you know, what would you give as far as advice to your younger self? And so that is definitely going to be one of the topics discussed in this episode, but I actually decided to go a different way with it, and I was able to get my homie Jason to do a little phone conversation with me, and we just kind of chopped it up and talked about, you know, advice to our younger self, business advice. It's just so many good nuggets are in the episode, so I'm going to go ahead and stop talking and let y'all get to it. Jason, first of all, I'm glad for the super quick turnaround. Um, y'all don't even understand. I literally texted this dude yesterday. I was <laughs> like, hey, do you think, you know, whatever? And 
when he said Tuesday, and I'm like, oh, tomorrow? I didn't think he'd be like, yeah. I thought he'd be like, nah, next Tuesday. So, you know, here we are. So I definitely appreciate that. Definitely glad to have you on the show. My first official adult guest. Because, yeah, we out here. So how's your summer been so far? Like, how's business? Well, thanks for asking, Tam. First of all, it's good to be here. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, a big what up, though, to the Tam Russell, the Break of Dawn fan base across the world. Oh, um, and uh, business, man. I mean, um, I do own and operate a small business uh, and also am in the works of uh, starting up another one. And, oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I haven't even talked to you about that. And, um oh. Yeah, so it's busy on one end. On the other end, I don't know what kind of person starts up businesses in the middle of a global pandemic and, uh, and depression, but we're doing it. And uh, so, yeah, so on one hand, it's it's been very busy, and it's um, been, been a challenge to kind of stay focused on what we have to do for day-to-day without getting discouraged by kind of what's going on economically. Right. On the other hand, you kind of, if you're going to be an entrepreneur and a, and a, a business owner and operator, it's a, it's a must that you have um, uh, the ability to find the good and everything and really a positive attitude. And so really the focus has been on just trying to remain positive and, and seeing things uh, that aren't there and having hope that your hard work is going to pay off. And so that's kind of been the, the name of the game uh, in this season that we're in as far as business is concerned. So what's the new bit? Well, why don't you tell everyone – yeah, we'll go ahead and have you promote your business here because there actually are listeners that listen, I mean, that live where we live. So this could be a super dope way for you to hopefully get some more business. But why don't you tell them about the one that you're already doing now? Yeah, absolutely. So my wife and I have been operating a business called Scoop Doggy Dog Waste Removal. That's right. You heard it correctly. Scoop Doggy Dog. <laughs> <laughs> waste removal. So basically, uh, in in where we live in the Omaha, Nebraska metro, um, we basically Dang, serve dog owners. Dude, you really put all our business. Oh, okay. well, it's not. No, so say that. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's My bad. Cool. Don't no, come. No, no. Pam doesn't live there, though. <laughs> Right. Don't come find her. She doesn't live <laughs> where I said she lives. I'm just throwing that out there. No, uh, but anyway, well, they're going to find the business because we're out there. But uh, anyway, all that to say, yeah, so we basically serve uh, dog owners, and it's basically picking up dog doo-doo. So if, you're, <laughs> if you want uh, a clean yard, uh, you know, we love kids. I'm sorry, we love kids. We love dogs. My kids love dogs. <laughs> we love dogs. We love dogs. Uh, we highly value our clients, and we serve excellently, and that's kind of our value. So uh, we've been doing that for three years. It started as a side hustle, and then last year I was able to transition into it full-time and trying to take over the poop game, son. <laughs> that's kind of the goal. Yeah, and I've never – like, we don't have pets, so I can't say, like, oh, he's been a great – Cooper, scooper upper for me. But what I yeah, can don't say, lie. right, I, they know I'm not going to. <laughs> but what I can say is that, so Jason and I go back to high school. Um, mm. We actually met through a mutual friend who neither of us really talked to anymore. She just kind of disappeared off the face of, Aww. yeah, I don't even know. Um, yeah, and so, R.I.P. 
well, no, not R.I.P. She's still alive, y'all. Oh, rest <laughs> in Palm. She lives in Palmdale. Rest in Palmdale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shonda. Love her. God bless her. <laughs> right. But, uh, and so then, you know, we kind of, rec- we, I don't even know, just separated or fell off or just didn't talk for several years, reconnected somewhere in adulthood, worked together. Um, and I'm saying all this to say that this is somebody that I would say is solid, somebody who, when he says, you know, I value my people and, you know, just a great work ethic, like that's real. And y'all know mm. I don't vouch for just anybody, even though most of the time I don't claim him as my friend in public. <laughs> but you got to know. Why? Why, Pam? See, and then you're acting like this victim. <laughs> I am. I do nothing to nobody. I'm just a guy yeah. trying to live life. <laughs> yeah. So why don't you tell them the story about when you were at, someone's parents house and mm-hmm. the picture that you sent us from their parents shower why don't we talk about that so anyway tam and i have <laughs> known each other since high right. school like she said and yeah. so i really don't know what story she's referring to oh so. okay okay I'll, I'll just we'll just move on from that um <laughs> but uh what is the the new business that you're starting Man, new business. I'm very so I'm I'm excited about our current business um and the direction that we're moving. Um this next business, I'm super excited about that. It is a concrete and caulking sealing business. So concrete sealant. Uh and it's oh, called wow. Yeah, I know, kinda random, huh? Mm-hmm. And it's called SEAL Team. You guys came up with that or you're partnering with someone else? I came up with that. No, I wasn't asking. <laughs> I wasn't asking it like in a petty way. I was just trying to. Oh, you got know, you. Because you never told me about this. Oh yeah, yeah. No, actually, yeah. yeah. So I have um. You know, one thing that's a huge blessing of mine. I, uh, my background as far as a, a career is concerned. Very young, I got into uh, working with young people, so youth and family care professionally, um, and I, I had a great opportunity to kind of move around in in various states and different organizations and was really on ground level of serving youth and families, uh, particularly in crisis that have high needs, maybe young people that um, were experiencing a lot of barriers. And so business ownership was not on the agenda, wasn't even on the peripheral. Um, Mm. But the last last nonprofit that I was attached to was a ministry uh, called the Hope Center for Kids. And as I kind of worked my way through leadership there, up to executive leadership, I started having more and more meetings with um, the people that supported the nonprofit, which were a lot of the business owners in our community. And kind of as I started hearing what they were doing um, and realizing kind of what it, what it took and what it looked like day to day, I was like, man, this just for some reason just really sparked an interest in me. Um, and then it kind of capped, funny enough, um, I ended up going to a conference in L.A. Uh, at this place called Homeboy Industries. Which if you guys oh, haven't yeah. heard about that, yeah, if you haven't heard about that before, it's an incredible, um, I, I guess, I don't even know what to call it. It's a nonprofit. It's a ministry. It's a for-profit business model. But really it takes um, – it's, it's run by a Catholic priest uh, named Father Greg Boyle, and he has uh, many decades of working in uh, East Los Angeles and throughout the greater L.A. area with uh, gang members particularly. And um, this could be anybody, anyone that's coming out of recovery, anybody that's coming out of jail, anyone that's literally on the streets. 
And part of helping them was help connect them to a career career field or a business. And then they started this business generation machine that started cranking out different businesses and business idea and then providing opportunities for these, for these uh, people in his program to invest in these businesses. So once I saw that a business could be a tool of um, helping people, empowering people, helping give people a vision for their life, it was just one of those life-changing things where I was like, wow, I had never considered that before. And so all that to say, that's kind of what started leading me um, into uh, the field of, of business ownership and, and stuff like that. And so I was um, – really blessed when I was exploring these things by running into a, a couple what well, they would become friends that were in a, an investment group and they would invest in small businesses. And so throughout my conversations, I basically kicked this idea. Um, my wife and I were trying all si- sorts of side hustles, all sorts of side <laughs> businesses. I mean, like pretty much name it, man. My wife tried to do Mary Kay, different like multi-level marketing stuff. I had an eBay store for a little bit. Like we were just on this because, you know, non-profit. The marijuana. No. Uh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Stayed away from that one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, like, but for real though, it was, it was very real. And I, I think a lot of people can relate to that. It's like that, that kind of calling to be a non-profit and helping people. It's like, I mean, non-profit means no profit. As I used to joke. It's like, it's mm-hmm. not exactly like you're going to be, making a ton of money. And so as my family's needs changed, as we started having like a dozen and a half kids, um, our, our quest You're for so childish for that. I, I know. I'm sorry. About what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> our quest for side hustle, uh, just became this thing where it's like, we got to find a way to, to keep a roof and, and feed, uh, these scores of children. And so, uh, it's only three, but it feels like three times three. So, um, all that to say, you know, as I was on this quest and meeting with this investor group, I kind of kicked them the idea and they kind of, they brought me in, man. It's a huge blessing to find a group of people that were willing to say, Hey, as a community in relationship, I, we, we want to kind of surround you, help you, help you kind of fulfill this vision and invest in your business idea. And uh, we kind of went off to the races from there. So um, these are the same folks that I'm working with uh, in regards to SEAL team. So be on the lookout, I guess, for that. So here's the crazy thing with all of that, because what y'all don't realize is Jason just got off of like a, what would you say, a 14-hour work day with the one business. So it's just crazy. And that's why I'm just super grateful that he's recording today because – you know, he's been working all day, but like, as I've been doing, you know, I work full time and doing podcasting, which is becoming like a part-time job just because it's not so much the recording and all that aspect of it. Cause that's super easy, but it's the, the, um, like building relationships with people and you're on your phone all day. And I really, really love the podcast community. Like it's, mm-hmm. It's just crazy, and we'll we'll get off into some other stuff I want to talk about with that later, but I say all that to say I couldn't imagine then on top of that, like how you, because Lisa also does whatever with the workout clothes or whatever that she's oh, my, selling. Yeah. 
So and Lisa's, like, Lisa's my wife, by the way. She's not my oh, side yeah. piece. I just <laughs> I figured they, you know, they were tracking with me. But so like, how do you guys balance all that? Because, you know, and I remember like Jason and I used to actually work together at Hope Center. And um, I just remember you often talking about balance, 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 you know, having your time with the Lord or having your time with your family and just that balance. So it's like, how are you guys having that balance now and it not being, you know, a strain on your marriage or a strain on your relationship with your kids or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, that's a great question. We don't (laughs) period the end. Um, (laughs) But no, you know, what's interesting with that. I'm, I'm kind of having a, so when we would work at Hope Center and I would work at places like that, it, for me, I'm very mission-oriented. So it could be easy for me to lose. My motivation was never to make money. It's to, like, mm. affect lives, right? Gotcha. And so to do that, I could get really lost in my work. Um, and and sometimes that came with the corruption of your boundaries a little bit. And the balance mm-hmm. kind of got off whack. It's like if, if I was just married, that's one thing. When you start having kids, it's another thing. Mm-hmm. And then um, what I found was that I, I used to think that it was kind of a balancing act. You know, like you're running and you're trying to keep the dishes in the air or, um, you know, you're trying to have an equal amount of work with an equal amount – I, where I'm at in life right now is I feel like that's not even like a possibility. And I, mm. I've heard a lot of people talk about that, like this idea of balance, like work-life balance, kind of what we talk about. Right. It's, just, it's just not really a possible thing. So, so kind of where I'm at right now is instead of balance, I like to look at it as like taking temperature more or less or like mm. seasons. Uh, to me, it's like that's more of a, I'm outside a lot. So like, I speak the language of weather and seasons. We live in a place. I'm not going to say what city because I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> you said it earlier, dude. <laughs> edit it out. I don't want Tam stalkers to know where she lives. But um, I hope I ain't got no stalkers. <laughs> <laughs> we, li- we live in a place that has has a changing of seasons, and so it's uh it's it's a good reference point for me. So, for example, if I look at let's say my family life. Um, it's about taking stock frequently or basically just looking at the temperature. Um, how do I feel things are going here? And if I feel it's too hot, I feel it's too cold, then maybe I need to pivot. It's the ability to be fluid and to pivot and put some, a little bit more attention, a little bit more, um, investment into that area. So there's all these kind of spheres of life. I think the, the, the thing with balance is I used to think it had to be perfect. So like, I'm going to do 25% of my day is going to be, my spiritual health, my physical health. 25% is going to be my family life. 25% is going to be my work. 25% is going to be, it's like, it's just not to try to get that perfect equation is going to like drive me insane. Some people might not, might be able to do it. I cannot. So ultimately I started looking at it like this is a season where I feel, I can kind of just see the, the, the earmarks that my family needs more of my intense uh, attention more mm-hmm. of my intentional investment. So maybe I need to figure out for this season, for the next month, for the next two weeks, for whatever it is, maybe it's even a week. I need to really be intentional about investing in that. Um, and then that's kind of what I'm doing. It's just more temperature gauges. And ultimately one thing I learned as well is like myself, just my own mental and physical well-being is so important. 
So I've been investing in that in this season uh, more than I have, to be honest with you, in my entire life. Um, as I was told by a very wise man, you are the production center. If you mm. do not take care of yourself, production shuts down. And mm. then all the spheres of your life are going to suffer. So that includes spiritual, mental, physical, and emotional. So it's counterintuitive, especially when you're in a field like the business of people where it's all mm -hmm. about output. If you're a single parent, if you're a parent in general, if you're a stay-at-home mom, if you just always have people that you are responsible to, man, that's hard. It's hard to say, to gauge how much you're outputting and then mm -hmm. saying like, hey, you know what? And then you get to a point, a lot of people, it's just like they break. They get to breaking points. Um, instead of like gauging and saying, okay, I need to find a way to um, make sure me as a production center is taken care of. Diet, sleep, exercise, um, spiritual care, whatever that looks like for you. Maybe it's a break, whatever the case may be. So I'm, that's kind of my, my framework now is more based on taking temp, you know, with all those fears, trying to gauge the seasons, not trying to fight a perfect balance, but trying to be fluid in order to pivot. Um, I guess that's kind of where I stand right now. I love that you brought up the physical and spiritual part as well as the, like the mental, because that's something that I talk about on here a lot, just, just the importance of it all, because and sometimes I wonder if I've become jaded about a lot of things in life, but mm. when it comes to like, because like everybody that listens, you all know I'm a believer and you know that, you know, I always say things like, well, the Lord is important to me, but it may not be to you and yada, yada, yada. And mm. what I wrestle with and what I've always wrestled with is where I see a lot of times in the church, it feels like, it's heavier on the spiritual without some of the like practical things that you need to do in addition to that. And I'm not going to say the church in general, like, Oh, this is what the pastor's preaching from the pulpit, although it could be, but interactions and conversations I've had with certain people, it's like, Oh, well, you just got to pray. Well, no, maybe I need to apologize. Maybe I need to set better boundaries, you know, just right. like practical things. And so I love that you, kind of talked about that in addition to, you know, the spiritual aspect. But then that production center quote, like, that's – say that one more time just so I can – yeah, I really <laughs> yes. like So, that. So credit – this is my personal mentor. He is an incredible dude. His name is Neil Wise, and he's a retired lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, and then his second career was a therapist uh, at a group home that I worked at. And he would, he would say all the time, you are the production center. When you shut down, all production shuts down. Mm -hmm. So like your, what, what one of your main focuses need to be, he would ask me all the time, how are you taking care of the production center? So mm -hmm. when we would meet and I was 60 pounds overweight and dark circles under my eyes <laughs> and, uh, you know, my 14th kid was born and they're just like, and you not, he's like, <laughs> just not. And he's just like, okay, so how is the, and I was like, bro, you can look at me and you can see where the product, how the production center is doing. Right. And it, and it would affect everything. It would affect everything. And so, yeah, it really like, I don't know if it's our, our capitalist foundation of our society, but it's just this idea of like, you have to constantly be productive 
constantly be outputting, constantly doing something, constantly working towards A, B, and C, whatever your equation is. Um, there's just something about it, man. That'll burn a person out. It'll burn a person out quick. And so it, it is kind of a counterintuitive, like just getting centered and 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 scheduling time for whatever that is to, to repair, uh, to replenish your output, to repair you as a production center and to just be more, more centered. So, yeah, I heard, uh, so I listened to a lot of different indie podcasters podcasts. I don't really listen to any celebrity because especially now as a podcaster, I understand how hard it really is to build a following when no one knows you. Mm. And so I just feel like, Yes, celebrities worked really hard to get to where they are as far as the acting, the singing, whatever. And then it's like the podcast in addition to that is just like, oh, I can just do this. And it's like they already have their following, so it's a little bit easier for them to have, you know, maybe millions of listeners, whereas the rest of us are like really having to bust our butts to like, Mm -hmm. you know, make it happen. And so – right. There's this podcast um, for Brown Girls blog that I actually listened to yesterday because that's what I do all day is listen to a bunch of different podcasters while I'm working because my current role doesn't really require much interaction with people, you know what I mean? And even if Mm -hmm. I do, it's usually over a computer screen, especially right now while we're working from home. But I don't even really have many video calls. It's more Teams messages than anything and so I just listen to podcasts all day because when I'm working on reports and stuff, it just kind of helps me to get focused. But one of the things that she was talking about is the five love languages, which I know you know they, uh, what they are, but yeah. I'll just go over them real quick with everybody else. So it was, you know, it's acts of service, it's words of affirmation, it's quality time, gifts. And what is the fifth one? <sighs> touch. Yeah, 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 physical touch. And so I had always heard that in the context of, like, how you love your partner or how you love, you know, your children or love other people. But I love the way she broke it down to how you love yourself and what your Mm. love language will make it to where you love yourself in this way. And so when you were talking about physical, you know, working out and all that. And I've, you know, everyone that listens to me know I've been on that journey. I've actually officially lost um, 31 pounds. Um, But see, the thing about it, though, so so technically, uh, all the weight that I gained since my ex-husband died in the last five years, I've lost all that weight. Now, I still have weight to lose to get back to where I was before but what I know, one of the things she says is if your love language is physical touch, one of the ways you love yourself is Uh-oh. taking care of your body. Not, oh. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so sorry. Bro. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. I literally cannot with you, right, Jason. Really? Like, no, I'm, 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 Sorry, folks. Go ahead, please. And this Continue. is why I don't claim him in public. <laughs> what? I didn't do anything. I... Go ahead. Anyways, 
working out is a oh. working out. Yeah. Oh, okay. and so that makes sense. So, so like, I always thought it was just important just for, you know, I'm getting older. I need to make sure I'm around. Cause like literally my biggest fear, especially with the girls is that I'm going to die when they're not really at a place to be able to like take care of themselves because like if I go, I mean, yeah, they would never be without, I have my mom, you know, brother, sister, whatever, but they wouldn't have me and they wouldn't have a parent. And so, and so that's just kind of what had me like, I need to be healthier. I need to eat better. I need to whatever. But then what I've noticed is like, I feel really good about myself and feel really there's just a self-love that I've gained just from working out, and I never connected it to my love languages at all. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's pretty dope. Um, and so, yeah, when you were talking about that, it just made me think about that. So you have these two businesses. Well, one's launching soon. Um, if you could, you said you've been doing Scoop Doggy Dog three years? That is correct. Okay, so if you could give three years ago Jason some advice <laughs> on starting a business, what would you say? Oh, um, my goodness, what a question. <laughs> I would honestly I think I would just say like throw yourself into learning mm. and, and throw yourself into starting. Mm. Don't don't like there is no uh no <laughs> There's no such thing as halfway crooks in the entrepreneur game. Like, oh my ain't no half stepping. Like, you just just throw yourself into it. So, I think I, I think that's what I would have said. Throw yourself into learning, and then throw yourself into starting. Um, yeah. I just told this someone that they were asking something about merch and saying they had designs and were trying to see if they should start and I'm like you should just go ahead and try because if you go with a site where you don't have any upfront costs then what does it hurt and then excuse me if no one buys anything it's not like you've spent a bunch of money but I'm definitely the kind of person that for the most part likes to just dive in and figure it out as I go because it's all a part of the like growth process and yeah Um, I'm trying to get a little bit better at prep because for certain things, you kind of do need to have some knowledge ahead of time. Yeah. But, but like, even when I, and I talked about this on last week's episode, even when I created my merchandise, and no, these are not (laughs) shameless plugs, y'all. It's just, this is my life, and y'all know what it is. I give you what I got. So, it's like when I jumped into it, I did a little bit of research, but I didn't do enough to where I had to, I actually was up all night Friday doing whatever. And then I tried to like add another cup design to the listing. And then that's when I realized you can only have one of each product in a listing. So then I'm like, dang, now I got to like redo all this. And it's always part of the journey. And I'm actually kind of glad it worked out that way because in the finished product, it's better and, like, even just the way it looks on the site. But had I not a dove in, you know what I mean, I wouldn't have right. been able to even get it started. What, and I think that was a lot of the advice, whether it's starting a business or it's um, starting a podcast or it's getting into – it's any you know, getting into being a creative, whatever the case may be, a lot of the advice 
um, that I've heard from my peers is like, just, you got, just start generating. Like you've got to make content, like mm-hmm. just, just do it because a lot of things stop us, whether it's a lot of it's fear, I think stops people. Um, a lot of it's the what ifs or like, you know, the fear of, of failure and, mm-hmm. and to embrace that, like failure is part of the process. That's why you try to mitigate it with as much learning as possible. But at some point you got to execute on the learning and you got to start generating. Like just, just do it, you know, yeah. just do it, uh, which sometimes can be easier said than done. But like to, to your point, that's a lot of the advice that I got, mm. which is why I said, like, if I were to go back, I'd just say, Hey bro, if you're going to do this, go all in. So this is a great segue to the other stuff that I wanted to talk to, which is just advice to your younger self. And I'll start um, to give you time to think about something um, because this will kind of go into this whole thing with the podcast community versus the rest of the world, I guess. And so, you know, I am someone who – especially on Twitter, Twitter is big with retweeting and all that stuff just to like let other people hear or see maybe someone's episode. So even if you don't, like I'm in a retweet group with like 50 other people and I may or may not have listened to an episode, but I retweet every time they do because even if I necessarily don't want to listen or even if they don't want to listen to my show, one of their listeners might or one of their followers, I mean, might want to check it out. And so that's kind of why I do stuff like that. But also why I do it is because, and you know this, like all the blogs I've started over the years or Mm -hmm. different things I've tried to do with poetry and stuff that just have not, they just, like I'm so shocked that I'm actually still podcasting because, (laughs) and I'm actually trying to build on it because it's like, I did not get the support that I'm getting from strangers. That is the crazy thing. And I'm I'm really, like, wrestling right now, and I'm super in my feelings, and I'm actually kind of glad we're having this conversation. It's, like, perfect timing because I kind of needed to talk to somebody about this. But it's, like, I could post something on Facebook that's, man, you know the foolishness I post on there or just mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I could post that. Every not everyone, but people comment, react, this, that, and the other. If I post something about a podcast, very few people, even if I say share this, like right. I can't click the share button. Right. I'm not even saying you have to listen because I know, like, Kayliana doesn't even listen. I think Janae maybe listened once. Seriously doubt Devon has listened at all. But it's fine because it's not for everybody, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to, like, the whole – I get tagged in so many people who are, like, business owners or whatever whatever they have. They just tag you without asking you and stuff. But then when I – and, yeah, there's the algorithms and all that bull, but I don't think it's just that. Because someone um, – somebody sent me a screenshot of a comment on a post that I – had and it's funny because he listened so he might hear this I don't mean this in a shady way if you remember that you did this but I mean this in a him screenshotting that but he didn't comment on the post and it wasn't podcast related it was something else but that just showed me that people do see 
what you post and scroll away and make it seem to you, you know what I mean, like no one sees it, but really it's like people don't interact. And so then on the other side, on Twitter, man, it's like literally the most supportive people. Mm. The podcast community is like so supportive. And so if I could tell my younger self something, I would have told myself to step outside of my circle and my Mm. comfort zone quicker because I wonder how many of those other projects would have, even if just like maybe one person a day or a week would have read the blog, you know, somebody. But when you pour out everything into anything you do and then the analytics don't matter, but they do. Because no one wants to create content that nobody consumes. I don't care if you try to say, I just do it for the passion. No, you want somebody to hear that otherwise, or read it or whatever. Otherwise, you wouldn't have put it out there. And so that would have been my advice to my younger self because, like, one of the poems that I put on as part of the merchandise or whatever, it's a poem I wrote, like, I don't even remember, like five years ago. So it's not even anything that I created now, but there's just such a response and just such a support from like people I don't know. And it, I don't know, I've just really been in my feelings about it lately, like the past couple of days, because it's just like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. I know I'm trying to, I'm super grateful for the podcast community, don't get me wrong. But then it's like sometimes I feel like the things I'm excited about, like I want to talk to people that are supposed to be whatever, and I don't know. So that's that's one of the things that I would kind of say to myself. It is This is a question that I posed on Twitter and Facebook one day, but and I was going to do this episode a little bit different, but then when I decided to have – you on the show, I'm like, oh, you know, I want to have a conversation with somebody about this. Sure. So, like, you, you know, you don't have to get a ton into your background unless you want to. Like, this is a free space, share whatever you're comfortable with. But, like, if you could tell younger Jason, maybe have two, but start with one thing, what would you say? Uh, Younger Jason at what stage of life? Whatever stage you want to talk about, because oh I got another gosh. one for younger me, but yeah, whatever stage. Well, you know, okay, with. I'll try to stay on theme because kind of what you brought up about stepping outside your own your own group. Um, my my thoughts and experience. So there was a time in life where I was a, a hip hop artist. A lot of people yeah. don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna bring that up. Don't I'm in, worry. I'm in semi retirement, but um. So the, there's a there's a culture, uh, especially when you're you're an artist, that what you would really like is is a culture of support, you know, um, from other creatives, especially uh, in that art form, in that specific art art form of those related to that art form. And so like what I hear you saying when it's like, hey, what I create and what I generate, I put out there. Like, why is it that I struggle with the people closest to me, mm. like sharing it or investing it? I, I feel like that's kind of a common occurrence amongst a lot of creatives and different art forms, you know, whether it be, whether it be long form, you know, uh, conversation, podcast, um, uh, musical artists, creative art, whatever the case may be. 
Um, and I, I have a couple, I have a couple of thoughts on that, but I feel like um, that's kind of the curse of the creative is mm. not feeling appreciated or supported <laughs> maybe yeah. by those closest to them. Mm. Um, but that's why it's important to like grow an audience because eventually they become your promoters so that mm. you don't have to worry about that. And mm. maybe part of it for us, and also if you're creative, a lot of times we're more sensitive people. Oh gosh. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so in my feelings so much the past couple of days, it's ridiculous. Well, and so it could feel like a slight, you know, so like if, if I'm a, uh, for example, um, if I've been performing for seven or eight years locally, and let's say someone that you really care about that you've invited out to come, and they, they've never come for whatever mm, reason. Mm-hmm. It's like, that could really hurt, yeah. you know? Um, that, well, it's like, why? But maybe, and there's a, there's a lot of different reasons. There could be a lot of reasons. And a lot of times, it's like our natural tendency is to go straight negative. Oh, mm-hmm. they just don't care. Yep. They're jealous. <laughs> they don't want to see me shine. Like, you yep. start thinking all these things. <laughs> It literally could be they literally don't understand the impact of their support. Mm. Like they, they literally might just be like, well, Hey, I went one time. Like, I don't like, I've had this happen before where it's like, I'm like, dang, dude, I keep doing these shows. And like, I see kind of the same people, but like these other people that I invite, like they never come out. Well, then they'll, they'll tell me like years later, like, Oh, I bought your album. I don't really like hip hop. <laughs> you know, I don't really like rap music. <laughs> yeah. And you just go, Oh, that's probably what kept you from the, uh, 2 a.m. crap venue. <laughs> Where are they coming? It's like I don't want to. I mean, literally, like I literally don't want to be involved in that aspect of what you're doing. But right. like they feel like maybe one time they did something and that's enough to show. So it's like the thing is we don't know. There's an X factor mm. where we don't know why we don't get the support, or or maybe we have um, un- even unrealistic expectations. Of the, mm. of the type of support mm. that we're supposed to be getting potentially. But the whole, I think the whole thing is like, and this is another thing I, this is a little theory I have is that though we do get support, but it kind of runs out quickly in those around us because they're like, what else can we do? You know, it's mm. like I share, I show up, I listen, I buy your stuff. It's like, look, man, I got a life to live. I can't keep coming back and doing this like over and <laughs> over and over and over again. And that's why it's important to grow the audience because they become the promoters for you. That's kind of mm. always the goal is like you don't have to do it anymore. You don't have to worry about why those, um, you know, closest to you aren't continuing the process of promotion and support because you have stepped out and you have found an audience that are doing it for you. Um, and then so, and then my, my other thing I guess I would say is just be encouraged by those who do. It's like if you do have a couple yeah. day ones that are literally showing up and like literally doing what you ask, like even if it's four or five people, here's the thing. They don't have to do anything. That's true. They don't have to do anything. They don't owe us anything. But it's like if they're still doing it and they're still being encouraging in the midst of their own stuff they're going through and their own mess and they've got a messy life to live more than likely. And it's like and they're still taking time to like listen give input, a share here and there, whatever the case may be. And you're looking at this like, wow, salute those people. Um, because they're, they're the first light that starts a fire a lot of times. You know what I mean? So going back, I guess, then in my creative days as like a hip hop artist, those are some of the things I would want to encourage myself 
um, I didn't stick with it long enough to worry about like an audience outside my city or expanding my reach. And really I did a lot of it before the advent of, before the, the rise of social media, like mm-hmm. right when social media was popping, I was pretty much like already done doing shows, <laughs> right. unfortunately, but all that to say, um, that's kind of what I would put myself back in that frame instead of hyper-focusing on like, who's not writing. I would be thankful for those that were and be being content with, with getting a, another audience and like really focusing on building brand loyalty with those new, new, those new fans, because those are your new promoters, you know, to expand your reach. So those are some of my thoughts. Brand is such a, a weird thing. Like all of this with podcasting, like the, the business side of it and the, the politics of it, as people say, because with that whole support thing, I've definitely been like, try to like refocus, like you were saying, like, man, I don't know why these strangers really rock with me like they do, but I appreciate it. I don't know why these strangers are so interested in what I have to say, because I literally just talk about me and my life and what I'm going through. But um, I'm just super grateful for it, and I have for them. I mean, and I have to remind myself of that over and over because it's it's super easy to get jaded mm. with unrealistic expectations. I think that was a really good takeaway that I gave that I mean got from what you just said is that, and then also you really don't know who's doing what. Like Kayliana, for example, we'll talk about memes I post or different stuff I post on Facebook and I'll ask her about it. And she's like, Oh, I saw that. And I'm like, Mm. Oh, I wouldn't have known that because you didn't laugh or, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of like, I think though the sensitivity piece, because as I, and I kind of talked to everyone before about how for a while I just got caught up in trying to numb how intense my emotions were. Like I told y'all before, it doesn't matter what I was doing. And simply because I don't want you to feel like if it's something you do that I'm trying to like throw shade your way, whatever I was doing, just it wasn't good for me because honestly it was stifling my creativity. And I definitely Mm -hmm. see it as I've come out of that and just how focused I am and all these things. Um, But then when all you have is your feelings, it's like, uh, yeah, I definitely take things probably more personally than I should. No one would know because it's not like I necessarily say anything, well, you know, because it's not like anyone has done anything intentional, but I definitely um, do know that I am more sensitive than I ever was. I just feel like I do put my life out there so it puts you in this just constantly feeling vulnerable place. Um, Mm. And then with all of that right now, and this will segue to my next advice to myself. So, you know, like I said, I put a poem on one of my things and I had this thought because my bio dad had always said he wanted me to send him like a framed copy of a poem and the poem the poem little listing or whatever, it's like on a canvas, on a pillow, on a tapestry, on all this different stuff. And I had the thought of um, like sending him one, sending him something. So I, I, you know, I asked my cousin and my aunt for his address. I don't know that I actually am because then the next 
emotions that flooded me were just the rejection. Mm. And I realized that I, it's because of, and it's not to like blame it on him because it's still something that now that I realize that's what it is, I need to work on that and this, that, and the other. But what I realized is his rejection and hit and like continuous. It wasn't just like one time. It's like over and over and over. That's the message. The message wow. was that I don't have time for you. You know what I mean? I yeah. may tolerate you for a little bit. No, he doesn't verbally say that, but that's what I get from it. I can tolerate you for a little bit, but then it's too much and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And what I realize is that transcends into every relationship. And so mm-hmm. oftentimes I feel like, and I've talked about this on here, but I'm now understanding why is that I feel like people tolerate me and it's because of my wounds from him. So if I could say anything to my younger self, it would just be that, you know, his inability to see my worth, to see that me as his only daughter is someone important it doesn't mean that I am any less valuable as a human being. And it also doesn't mean that anybody else feels like that. Yeah, There's good. some lady that I, she ain't even been following me on Twitter a month yet, I don't think. And I don't even know if she listens to the show. Half the time, I don't know where people come from. I just follow back until they unfollow me and then I unfollow them. <laughs> that goes though into the politics of, oh my gosh, I guess it's a thing where people follow you to get up their followers and then they unfollow you. And I just, uh, the ethical side, yeah, the ethical side of that is just grimy because I'm willing to support any and everybody. If people ask me questions about how I did some or what something or whatever, I share that knowledge because, like, there's room for all of us. And so in the podcast, I guess, industry or whatever, it's actually really supportive. Like, I didn't expect that. I don't – I mean, maybe there's competition, I'm sure, because there's going to be stuff in any industry. But I more so see support and love and, like, I've made really good friends. But what I – this woman – I I usually am on Twitter like all day and I was super busy running the kids around playing taxi cab. And so I wasn't on Twitter and just me not being on Twitter for however many hours made her like, well, dang, I wonder if she's okay. And Mm -hmm. so it's like to this woman, I mean, maybe it's jokes or whatever. It doesn't even matter. My presence on Twitter, I guess, at the very least, I'm not saying she's trying to be my best friend, but me being, you know, missing, it meant something to her. And, like, just the love and, I mean, the, man, you know, it's, man, I'm almost getting emotional. But, you know, it's been really good. And so it doesn't mean that I'm any less valuable because of my dad. Am I going to send a poem to him? I don't know. I kind of go back and forth. If I do, since I brought it up, I'll keep y'all posted because I'm probably going to be in my feelings after I do, if I do anyway, (laughs) especially since our last interaction, I, the way he just completely didn't acknowledge me. But what I also know is that, and I always try to, like, look at things from other people's perspective, and I always try to believe the best about people, and it can be to the to my detriment sometimes, but 
his brother did just die before that. You know what I mean? And grief does crazy things to people in addition to whatever. And then it's like what I also know is that when he – I don't know much about his dad because he didn't tell me – my grandpa, I guess I should say. But my grandma passed away before I was born, and he was in the – some military because that's where he met my mom and almost didn't go back. So if he wouldn't have been back, y'all wouldn't be hearing this podcast because I wouldn't even be alive. (laughs) But so it's like you grew up basically without a mom. And I don't know. I just, I try to think about these things and like be compassionate does he deserve it I don't know but do I deserve the compassion that people give me or the compassion that the Lord gives me probably not (laughs) not at all so it's like though back to the point you know I would definitely tell myself you know don't let the the mistreatment of others kind of like cause you to not want to be loving towards others because there's so much freedom like we were created for relationship, we were created to want to love and be loved. I feel like that's our, like we're naturally bent towards that. Yeah. But it's pain and wounds and just the trials of life that causes us to get jaded or more guarded or whatever. And so I've been, even in the podcast world, even some small, like I said, people unfollow you. So if I was going to operate out of woundedness, then I just wouldn't follow anybody back when they follow me. And then you might miss out on, like, genuine relationships, you know, kind of living in fear. And so I've really had to just kind of, in a sense, not be dumb, like, still be guarded, still be wise, use discernment, whatever word you want to use, but also at the same time, like, throw caution to the wind and just love people anyway because – we're all going some, through something, so it's kind of like, why treat people any worse than what they're like? You don't know what people are walking through. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, is there anything else that you would say to your younger self, whatever age, Jason, you want to focus on? Well, you know, probably just continuing off what you said, and I know this is like we go through our, our journeys for a reason and levels of maturity and understanding. But like, like I, what I like what you even just process through, it's like you identified the core issues. Mm. It's like, you, you know yourself to explore yourself enough to ask yourself the hard questions and do the hard work. And at the core of it, you say, Hey, this barrier in this situation is rejection. Where does that mm-hmm. rejection come from? Does that rejection have implications for my life? And, and everything else that I do, yeah, it does. Wow. Okay, so what are you going to do about that? And then part of that processing, part of that processing is, you know, having a truth of like, I am enough. I am worthy, despite what this core belief might have been telling me. So you have to mm-hmm. identify the truth or a lie or the mix in like the core belief that you have. And even one of the tools that you use to say like empathy, it's like mm-hmm. looking in someone else's eyes. It's like do I have unrealistic expectations on this person? Potentially look at their life. Mm-hmm. Like what in their life is, is causing this output of rejection of 
um, some negative emotions that, that seem to be projected onto me, whatever the case may be. And I know it's hard to like look at my younger self and say, hey, you could do all those things. It's like, well, freaking, <laughs> I don't know how. And that's like a lot yeah. of us. It's like, we don't know how. We have to learn these internalized skills. Uh, mm. We have to learn how to do these things. And we either need to learn it from something or somebody. Someone has to teach us because what that is is freedom. Mm. like that's freedom. And if you're going to be a creative, one of the most important things that you're going to have to overcome, you got to be fearless. You got to overcome fear and fear is huge because fear can manifest itself in rejection. What is that? That's a fear rejection. Where's the rejection come from? A lot of times we look at our upbringing comes from our, it could come from our parents our upbringing trauma, things that happen to us, whatever the case may be. And so I, I think about this frequently. I don't live in it, but it's like, that's my biggest thing that like I was a person that didn't understand how those core messages of pain, of rejection, of hurt, like really formed my core beliefs as a person. Mm. And like I didn't start realizing that that was the case and actively start working on it until probably my mid-20s. And it's been a journey ever since. I mean, ask my wife for sure. It's like, <laughs> I, I'm 38 now. And it's like, bro, I feel like I am maybe 5% better than I was like in my twenties. I have a long way to go, but um, that would be my biggest message. I think to myself, it's like, find the root, find the root, explore well, it. Let me pause you though. Cause I always feel like you're too hard on yourself. <laughs> like I feel like oh, you're man, way probably. harder on yourself than you need to be you know what I mean because and I've said this before despite believing the best about people whatever like if I say you're a solid person then you are like I don't just throw that title out with everybody and I just think about the things we've talked about the the things you've done just the compassion you have for things that maybe the next person wouldn't So even kind of piggybacking off what you were saying, it's kind of like you might not have that compassion if it hadn't have been for whatever, you know what I mean? It's true. It's true. And that's, that's a huge part of growth. Um, And, and I actually had somebody, um, he's not here with us anymore. uh, So may he rest in peace, but there was an older gentleman who was a, a mentor for a season in my life that, that took me through this thing where he basically shows you how the tough things you go through life and, and the traumas, especially when you're a young person, it forms your values. Mm. So if you're a person that can't stand a bully, like where did that come from? Was it because right. you were picked on as a kid? If you value loyalty, is it because you're a child of divorce and you mm. saw how that like destroyed your life? Wow. If you if you always want to be a voice for the voiceless, is it because you spent your childhood feeling like you had no voice or feeling <laughs> like no one paid attention or that you were in this? You know what I'm saying? Like legit. Damn. It's like it comes from that place. And so like, but, but that has, someone has to tell you that. Like right. someone literally has to like slap you with that and go, hey, you realize who you are at this point. It's like, yeah, there's, broke, there's gaps, there's brokenness, there's stuff I need to work on for sure. But, but don't let that diminish. Like the values that you have, um, a lot of times they can be derived from um, the barriers you experienced when you were younger. And so how do I leverage that? How do I allow that to shape um, who I am, the direction of my life. Um, and a lot of it is exploration. You know, you got to learn how to do it, man. You got to, you just got to, you got to learn how to do it. 
And so, I mean, even this, I know it's just a conversation on a podcast, but it's like, if anyone's still listening at this point, <laughs> hopefully oh, get a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like an opportunity to say, wow, like what, what in my past has informed my values? What are the fears in my life and where do they come from? And now that I've explored that, what do I do with it? You know? Right. And you, you kind of said, Oh, what'd you say? Basically, it's like you were saying you have to learn it. Almost kind of like I wouldn't have, I guess we'll say, I wouldn't be as supportive as I would am to in the podcast community if I hadn't had the lack of support from mm. everyone else. Like I wouldn't have a heart for, I don't know, unhealthy relationships, dynamics, or whatever if I hadn't had a divorce and then a ton of, situationships and all this stuff and so it's kind of like I don't have regrets because I someone asked me something about you know marriage and divorce recently on Twitter and he asked me if I regretted anything and it's kind of like I really don't because if I hadn't have had that like I look at where my mindset was even about relationships back then like we should have never got married because Mm. I was getting married for the wrong reasons and I'm pretty sure he was too but it's like if I had never had that I wouldn't have started digging to feel like okay well how did we get here what can we do and then just this whole journey this last 13 years of trying to just like be healthy, and then that's why I'm so passionate about people having healthy relationship dynamics or, you know, working on themselves or just whatever just because I didn't, and it was very toxic to me, the relationships I was in, but then I also know I was operating in very selfish ways, and I still wrestle with it now, like how selfish I can be. Can Can I add something to that real quick? Yeah. I I think what the thing that needs to happen from you to identify those things and then to to work positively in them is healing. Mm. I think that's the missing thing. I think it's like, that's what I was just thinking. I was like, how did I get like, even this conversation just making me reflective. It's like how, and then I, you know, I've seen, I've seen, I've watched you walk through like craziness in your life. It's like, how did you get from, from A to C? And I think the, the B step is, is healing. Like once you identify like what that is, um, there has to be a ceiling or or, I'm sorry, a season where healing happens and that, that no longer, um, you still might have to cope with that thing. You still might have to deal with it in different ways, but it doesn't stunt your growth anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't cripple you anymore. And you slowly start to operate out of it and you can have freedom and then out of that freedom, you can identify your values, and then you can kind of move in that direction. But I think where we get stuck, and I would see this a lot, this is like super sidebar, not to get off on a tangent, but it's like... Oh, I do it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like when we, like you, you still work in a, a field where you, you're active in helping people who need help, like vulnerable mm-hmm. people that need help, right. um, vulner, especially vulnerable adults. Mm-hmm. The vulnerability a lot of time comes from they didn't get dealt the best hand. And out of not getting dealt the best hand, a lot of you're victimized by a lot of things. It is yeah. what it is. People, yeah. systems, a combination, it happens. And so, like, um, when it when it comes to uh, 
what I, what I, one of the things I saw professionally is like that field draws a lot of mean, like well-meaning people, but these are people that have not had the healing. It's like they identify the brokenness, they identify the value, but then they throw themselves into serving or mm. a career or a field of serving and whoo, they got a tough go at it because what's the step that they're missing? It's healing from that area. So it gets triggered, it gets touched on, they have damaged professional relationships, they have, you know, just a tough go yeah. at things, and we can't do it perfectly. Um, but but that's that's a thing, too, where it's just like uh, the, the, the action steps that it takes to start working on those gaps, it's going to be imperative. If you're going to move to action out of your values, man, healing is imperative. Yeah. It's imperative. And we're just now, I feel like in our culture, we're just now getting to the point where it's okay to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting because like as a, in the black community, um, mental health even is something that yes. we're hearing it more talked about a lot more now, but it wasn't always that way. It was, oh, that's white people stuff and this, that, right. and the other. And it's kind of like, well, no, we all have brains and we all have, yeah. you know, emotions we, and yeah, relationships, and dynamics, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff that we go through, but I'm loving seeing kind of like a rise in that because, I mean, and then this is where I get my wrestle and my just unrest when it comes to, I'll just say the church because it just, it is what it is. It's not like my specific church in general, you know, but still, it's just like, so I look at like, you know, with Janae, and I've talked to you guys on here about just like the struggles she's had since her dad died, and there were many things, she's doing really well now, she actually just started working, um, so all my kids are working, this is amazing, <laughs> but like, there were many things that attributed to how she's doing really well now. Yes, tons of prayer, man, tons of prayer. But also seeing a therapist every week, you know what I mean? Yeah. Having somebody that she can learn practical steps to be, you know, whole holistically, I guess that's the word I'm looking for, healthy and not just, oh, I'm, I guess, a super Christian, but I don't even know how to deal with, regular stress in life and I've become like easily overwhelmed or easily anxious or whatever. And I don't know what to do with that. And it's kind of like, this is where I struggle because mm -hmm. it's kind of like, if you don't have, and I even talked to her about, Hey, make sure you're eating, make sure you're like getting sleep because all of those things work out because it's, it's not about necessarily weight loss, especially not for her or any of my kids, but it's just, you got to stay healthy and stay active. It's just good for you. It's good yeah. for your body to get moving. I'm not saying you got to go run a marathon, but maybe walk around the block, you know. Yeah. And your brain. Yeah. Body and brain, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and so it's just kind of, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, well, because I know that we could literally talk forever, for but <laughs> I do know that. <laughs> You know, you do got a wife and kids that you got to get back to. So before we go, don't. 
I got a bed to get to, man. I'm tired. These guys are fine. I need to go pass out. Because we definitely (laughs) had a a long work day. Um, But why don't you remind the people the name of your business, and then I'll make sure to put your information in the episode notes. Oh, yeah, I definitely am all about if I could try to promote or if you could get even just one business, you know, one more customer or whatever, they don't have to say it was because of me, but if somebody wants to go, I definitely highly recommend them. So tell, and then if you have anything else you want to promote, if you're coming out of rap retirement or just anything, just now's the time. Love it. I appreciate it. Yeah. So the business is uh, scoop doggy dog. Uh, waste removal. So its uh, website is book scoop doggy dog d o g g y d o g g because you know we keep it fresh coast around here. Oh my uh, and so you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, book scoop doggy dog d o g g y d o g g dot com. Uh, also, the uh, the uh, SEAL team is coming. Uh, we're going to uh, sneak in at midnight and treat your concrete for all your concrete treatment needs. Um creepy. Why are you sneaking in people's houses at midnight? No, not it's I mean it's usually driveways uh or parking oh, lots, but okay, gotcha. no, we just we just we like we operate in the darkness. Um oh, I made that up. Okay. And then uh <laughs> <laughs> hey man, if you want to migrant son, M I G R A N T Migrant Son was my M C name. Mm-hmm. I still got I still got an album for sale on Bandcamp, Migrant oh, Son really? Bandcamp. Feel free to support your boy. It's about to go free. Uh, for the five-year anniversary. <laughs> I'm like, it's like $3 right now. I think I've sold one copy in the last oh, two yeah. years. So I'm like, I might as well just make well, it free. I have free. a physical copy, y'all. So don't, I, well, you yeah, know, we still keep it old school. I have actually eight tracks. I got 28 tracks left. I'm trying to, I'm trying I'm to push trying out. To think, so. I feel like it's an autograph CD, but I'm not sure. But I definitely still have my CD. Put that on <laughs> eBay, and they will shut your eBay account down. So all that to say, Migrant Son, check it out uh, if you want to support that way. Good old boom bap hip boom bap hip hop. Uh, That's all I have. All right. To promote Jesus. Try Jesus. (laughs) Don't try me. Uh, Oh, dude. I know. (laughs) I know you saw that. (laughs) Oh, that's dope. That's dope. I don't necessarily prescribe fully. Uh, to the to his scriptural context, well, but I yeah, like the yeah. idea yeah. of trying Jesus because I have wanted to slap lots of people during this Man. quarantine, oh lots and lots God. and lots of people, and it's me, it's my own heart. I got to work on it. But anyway, <laughs> all that to say, thank you, Tam. Appreciate the opportunity and the opportunity to promote. It's been it's been awesome uh, being on your podcast, and much success in the future. All right. Well, yeah, definitely, definitely. Thank you for you know coming in, and then to y'all. As always, you know, I definitely appreciate you tuning in week after week. To my new listeners, I love y'all too. But my regulars who actually really enjoy riding my train of thought every week, definitely appreciate that. So as always, have a great rest of your day, night, week, whatever it is. Be safe. Take care of your mental health, spiritual health, physical health, and all that good stuff. Make sure you got your mask on out there because the Rona is still, I don't care if y'all think it's made up, it's still something that we got to just do what we got to do. And as a matter of fact, shameless plug, I have a bunch of mask designs oh, right. on my Get site. that merch. Right. So y'all should definitely check that out. There's so many different stuff, and I'm sure you'll find something that you like. 
But other than that, I'm going to go ahead and let y'all go, and I will see y'all next week. So first things first, shout out to Sniper T for this beat, and all his information can be found in the episode notes. Now, like I say on social media, I want y'all to interact with me. So here's a few ways you can do that. And the links and whatnot to all these methods are in the episode notes as well. Now, you can leave me a voicemail. Call 720-457-4022. You can email me. Hey, y'all can follow me on Twitter, follow me on Instagram, and I'll follow you back. And then you can go ahead and slide in the DMs, just not on no weird stuff. You can also like the Facebook page and the link on there goes to my email as well. Now what I need y'all to do is pay attention on my socials for when I ask for feedback for the Thoughts to Ponder episodes that air every other Monday because the reality is that y'all feedback is what makes those episodes dope. So leave me a voicemail, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or email me. Just holla at your girl. Thank you so much for this opportunity. This is Shamanica Slaughter, and my podcast is called My Journey Within. I would tell my younger self to forgive, let go, and be free. All my life, I used to hold myself down with the things I've done and what other people would do. That is what I would tell my younger self. You have to forgive. And when you forgive, it's not for them, it's for you. So you can walk into that next season that God has for you. You can let go all the baggage and all the weight and all the drama that came with it. So you can be free because God has something better for you on the other side. This is your girl, Shamanica, and my podcast is The Journey Within. Thank you so much for this.